This morning, we looked at how karma and ethical self-discipline is involved with the three scopes of the Lam Rim, the graduated path. So if we are going to work to try to overcome karma, to rid ourselves of this compulsiveness in our behavior, we need to know how karma works. There are several very detailed explanations of how karma works that we find in the Buddhist literature. We have, in general, the explanation you find in the Pali tradition and the explanations that you find in the Sanskrit traditions. These are two ancient Indian languages. So what I will explain is from the Sanskrit tradition, from the Theravada traditions that follows the Pali version. And in the Sanskrit tradition, there are two versions as well. So I will try to uh, present uh, the variations that we find in these, but without too much emphasis on that, because there's a lot that they accept in common. When we find several different explanations of phenomena such as karma in Buddhism, it's important not to approach it from the attitude that we inherit from our biblical thinking, one God, one truth, so only one of them has to be right, the others are wrong. But rather, each of these explanations looks at karma from a different angle and helps us to understand it by explaining it in various ways. They're all helpful for enabling us to overcome suffering, that's the whole purpose. In the Sanskrit Abhidharma, tradition, Abhidharma is the type of literature that discusses karma. We would uh, start in terms of uh, explaining what we experience. We would start with this word feeling. It's a very difficult word because in our Western languages it has so many meanings. Here I'm not using feeling in the sense of feeling happy or unhappy. I'm using it in our Western sense to mean what you feel like doing what you would like to do. I, I don't know if you say that in German. You say that in English. Not really. If you don't say that in German, wonderful. <laughs> it's confusing in English. Yeah. Yeah, is very good in uh, German. Mm-hmm. I wish to do it. The actual uh, word in Tibetan is a wish, a desire to do something. So, in our daily life, we feel like doing something, we feel like saying something, we feel like uh, thinking something. And this, why do we feel like it? It is supported by many things. It's supported by the circumstances that we're in, for instance, uh, the weather, the people that we're with, etc., time of day. It also is affected by whether we're feeling happy or unhappy. I feel unhappy, so I want to go do something else, this type of thing. And also because of past tendencies to act or speak or think, in certain ways, and some motivating emotion is going to be there. uh, I feel like yelling at you because I'm angry, and also I'm unhappy, and the circumstance you just said something nasty to me. I'm angry, and I'm unhappy, and you said something nasty to me, and my tendency is to yell when somebody says something nasty to me. So that supports this feeling, I feel like yelling at you, saying something really nasty. And there's also a grasping for a solid me. 
me, 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 you said something nasty to me. Und Big strong feeling of me. How dare you say that to me? So, all of that is the mixture of that is involved with feeling like doing something. Saying something, doing something, thinking something. Right? Thinking could be plotting. What, what can I say that's really going to hurt you? So, this type of thinking. Okay, then, based on that, comes mental karma. And this is the compulsion arises. Compulsion here is a mental urge that draws us into thinking to act out what we feel like doing, what we felt like doing, to be either conscious or unconscious. So it draws us in the direction of the physical or verbal action, and uh, it's accompanied by the motivating emotion and grasping. So if we really slow things down in terms of what we are sensitive to and observing in meditation, you can differentiate these steps. Usually all of this happens very, very quickly. That's why I say you have to slow it down. So to use our example, I feel like yelling at you. Right? So I would like to yell at you, basically. And then that compulsion comes up that's going to, you know, that compulsiveness that will then lead us into the action of yelling. And of course, the anger and so on will continue in this step as well. Then we get either the physical or the verbal karma. And for this, we have uh, two explanations. As I said, there are two uh, different Sanskrit versions. Or traditions. First explanation is that still we're talking about a mental urge, a compulsion that draws us, well, a compulsion that draws us into actually starting the action, continuing it, and eventually stopping it. You know, we stop yelling. We don't yell for the rest of our life. So there's a difference here between the what's called the motivating urge and the causal urge. In other words, I think to yell at you, and then at the actual time when I start to yell, gets me into that, how I choose my words. And uh, the emotion that accompanies this, and accompanies all the stages of the action, can be quite different, can change. My baby is sleeping, for example, and there are a lot of mosquitoes in the room, and maybe the baby will get bitten and even get malaria, if we're in a malaria area. So the emotion that is starting us to get into the action could be compassion for the baby. Right? I think, too, I'm going to kill the mosquitoes, help my baby. But then... When you actually are about to smack the mosquitoes and you're actually doing it, there's a lot of anger. That's there. There has to be a lot of hostility toward the mosquito, otherwise you wouldn't do it. You really want to kill it. You don't want to just scare it. You want to kill it. So your emotion has, has changed. Right? So it's actually very interesting if you really slow things down to see how your emotional state uh, can change. For instance, if you step on a cockroach, 
originally there could be, you know, oh, I, want, I don't want the cockroach on my baby, and then, oh, I really want to kill this cockroach, and then you step on it, and ugh, so there's sort of a disgust at what you've done, at, you know, seeing the mess that's there. So, and then you might stop, because, oh, I can't take it. So your emotion has changed very much during the whole process. So all of that affects the uh, strength of the compulsiveness with which uh, you're acting and will affect the results that will follow from that. So this is one of the uh, explanations that whether it's mental, verbal, or physical, karma is a mental state. It's this mental urge, this compulsiveness that is mental. So very important not to confuse the karma, the compulsiveness with the emotion, the either a positive or a negative emotion, they're not the same. There's nothing that's both. Karma itself is, as I keep on using the word compulsion, it is like the magnet that is, you know, without control, drawing us into acting, continuing to, you know, think to act, act, continue to act, and stop. So, one explanation. The second explanation is that what I described is the mental karma. Right? There's still the differentiation of thinking to do something and actually getting into it and continuing and stopping. That's still there. But physical karma now is referring to the compulsive shape that our actions take. There's a compulsion about we hit like this or we hit very gently. There's a compulsive way or form in which the action takes, which our body takes while doing the action. Or, in terms of verbal actions, it's the compulsive sound of our voice. Right? It's the sound. So, this is referring to the tone of voice that we use. There's a compulsiveness that the tone of our voice is harsh and yelling, or it's soft and gentle. But basically, what we are amplifying here, or expanding on, are different aspects of what it can, what forms compulsiveness take? There's the compulsive mental thing. There's a compulsive way in which we do things. There's the compulsive tone of voice that we use. And so on. Think about that for a moment while the airplane is here. And you think of examples. Good example. You know people who constantly are drumming their fingers on the table or when they're talking, they're slapping the table to make points and so on. This is the compulsive shape of their actions, isn't it? It's compulsive. And some people, no matter what they're taking, what they're saying, there's an aggressive tone to their voice. All of this is uh, what's involved with karma, when we talk about karma in this uh, tradition. That is the karma, it's the compulsiveness. Yes? If he sits somewhere and then thinks about wanting something from the fridge and then goes there, opens it and takes it out. Or if he is already in the kitchen and the fridge is already open and he happens to see something which then he would like to eat. Is that the difference that you want to explain? No, both cases can be analyzed in the same way. Whether you see the refrigerator open or you don't see the refrigerator open, those are the circumstances uh, that are going to accompany, first of all, the wish. I'd like something to drink. 
and then also the uh, urge to go and, and take something. Uh, now, going to take something could involve walking into the kitchen or it could involve just taking it from the open fridge. The same. And there can be a compulsive aspect with which you take it and you slam the refrigerator closed or you do it very gently and so on. There's a compulsive aspect about how you do it. And it reveals, it's called a revealing shape, it reveals your motivation behind it, or your state of mind behind it. There's some anger or hostility as you slam the door of the refrigerator closed or you really all have to run and get it, this type of thing. There's also an unrevealing form, but that's a little bit complicated. I didn't want to go into too much about that. closest thing that we have to that in our way of thinking is a subtle vibration. There's a vibration about uh, the way that we act that continues afterwards. So it's a very unconscious compulsion that's still there afterwards. Also compulsiveness. You know, when we talk about somebody having a quality of compulsiveness about them, this is what it's referring to. This uh, very subtle vibration is about the closest I can think of in our way of uh, expressing it. That's much in the room, in yourself, about the person. I'm a very compulsive person, you might say. Well, I'm not doing anything now, but where, what is that compulsiveness that we're talking about that characterizes me as a compulsive person. It's this very subtle level. In English, sometimes there's confusion. I don't know about the German words. Compulsive person and an impulsive person, those are different. And the words sound similar in English. We're not just talking about impulsive, you just do whatever comes to your head. Compulsive means you have no control over what you're doing and you follow a certain pattern over and over again, like tapping your fingers on the table. Okay. Now, what happens after uh, the action is uh, finished is that it leaves on our mental continuum certain aftermath. And we have uh, either a negative potential or a positive potential. This is usually these words that are translated as merit or sin, these I find really very, very misleading translations. So, so you know, from destructive actions there's a negative potential, from constructive actions there's positive potential. And in addition we have negative or positive tendencies. This is, uh, if we translate the word literally, these are the karmic seeds. Now, it's not so easy to understand the difference between the two, between potentials and tendencies, since they jointly give rise to the karmic results. Would you give us that in, in Sanskrit quickly, just for... We're talking about uh, punya and papa for potentials, and we're talking about vasana, okay. the seeds. The potentials are what's known as the ripening causes, like a fruit on a tree, which when it's ripe enough can be eaten. So it, the fruit grows gradually until it becomes ripe and brings about its result. So these potentials build up it's until it gets ripe enough to bring about a result, like a fruit ripening. And the tendencies are what's known as the obtaining cause, what you obtain or get the result from, like the seed for a sprout, or the uncooked dough for a loaf of bread. 
So in a sense, this is what transforms into the result. So these two work together to bring about uh, the result, the potential and the tendency. Potentials are building up, networking with each other, and the seed is what will transform into the result. Now, the potentials network, the so-called collection of merit, and so on. They network with each other. They reinforce each other till the result comes about. And the seed, this tendency, is what then will transform into the result. Okay? Another difference is that the action itself already functions as a potential for experiencing its result. As a potential for experiencing its result. For instance, you yell at somebody. Yelling itself already has, as, as an aspect of it, it is a, there's a potential already to yell again. Right? As you are yelling, there's the potential already there that you're going to do it again. But only when the action is completed is there then going to be a tendency to repeat the action. So, there's a slight difference. And there are many other differences. It's quite complex. But as you go deeper and deeper, you find really a very thorough explanation of how things happen in our experience. Okay. Now, so you can, let's just take a moment to reflect on that. That if I'm acting in a certain way, there's a certain pattern that I have, and there's a potential certainly to repeat it, and there's also a tendency that I have to act in that way. All right, this is when we're acting compulsively. Right? How what we're explaining is through the karma explanation, how it is that because of that compulsive how is it that it's compulsive? It's compulsive because it's coming again and again and again. No control. And the more we act like that, there's a stronger potential to repeat it. That's a potential. Stronger potential to repeat it. And there's a tendency that I do that. Right? The stronger the potential, more quickly that we will actually yell again. But it will require circumstances for us to actually then yell. Okay, do you start to get the picture? For instance, I could be somebody with a... I lose my temper a lot. and uh, Very easily, and I yell at people, for example. And there's a compulsiveness about that that is almost like a, a vibration about me that people can sense that if you're very sensitive. That, ooh, I have to be careful when I am with this person because they can lose their temper very easily. And you would say in describing me, I have a tendency to lose my temper and yell. And there's always this potential that actually I will yell. And when I yell, there's a compulsive aspect to my voice that, you know, is harsh and really nasty. And that compulsion that uh, you say something nasty, and then I feel like saying something nasty back to you, and that compulsion just draws me into actually yelling, driving the mechanism of karma, how it works. Not necessary that you memorize and understand everything now. It's complicated. But just to appreciate how it works and the sophistication that's here, how sophisticated it is, and what we will try to do in introspection. There's a certain type of meditation, which is introspection, is to try to identify these things within ourselves 
slow things down and identify these things, then we can work on them. What are my tendencies? What are the patterns that I have that I follow compulsively? And remember, we're talking either positive or negative. Yelling or being the perfectionist. Okay, now, ripening. When the circumstances are complete, then these potentials and tendencies bring about our experiencing of one or more things. Of one or more things. It's very important to to understand. We're not talking about the, poten- the karmic potentials bringing about the things that we experience. They bring about our experiencing of them. The karmic potentials, etc., do not bring about the things that we experience. They bring about our experiencing of them. For instance, if I'm hit by a car, my car, my karma does not, my karmic tendencies don't create the car. And they don't create the car driving. And the, the, from, from the point of view of the car, the car hitting me, that's responsible of the driver. What my karma is involved with is the fact that I experience being hit. Do you see the difference? We're talking about what I experience. You know, my karma doesn't create the weather. I experience the weather. Could we say that we're speaking of a psychological reality rather than a reality that involves, as you say, neurology or physics? Or All right, are we, we're talking about a psychological causality rather than a uh, physical causality. I wouldn't use the word psychological. I would use experiential. I sense this is a very crucial point, isn't it? Yeah, the psychological has to do with uh, the emotions that go with it. That's something else. Here we're talking about simply my experiencing seeing something, my experiencing the weather, my experiencing getting wet when I go outside. My karma doesn't create the rain. The rain, of course, is responsible for I'm getting wet in one aspect, but also the fact that I go outside, that I experience getting wet, that I experience going outside, that's also part of why I'm wet. That didn't come out very clearly, but do you know what I mean? Things arise from many, many different causes. Karma is only responsible for my experiencing it. What happens to me? The water, obviously, of the rain is responsible for me being wet, but that's like the material cause. But there was some sort of a reason why I went out in the rain. And a certain pattern and compulsion that I forgot to take an umbrella or like that, which is why I got wet. That's the karmic aspect. You know, I'm always forgetting my umbrella. I always leave it in the restaurant and so on. And so because of that, I experience going out and getting wet. Uh Of course, the water of the rain is is what makes me wet. That's something else. It's another level. See? The difference here, what we're talking about. And there's a compulsive habit that's there. We don't have any control over it. Okay, so we experience many things, depending on the circumstances. We just gave these circumstances if it's raining. So, what do we experience? We experience a feeling of happy or unhappy. That's very interesting, because... uh, 
uh, all sorts of nice things can be going on around us and still we feel unhappy. We could be doing the same thing two times and one time while we're doing it I feel happy and the other time I don't feel happy. So this is coming from karma, das karmic tendencies and potentials. We experience certain situations that are specific to ourselves. We experience seeing something or hearing something. And we experience together with that various emotions. Right? So why is it that we experience um, see an act of violence or we see you know, this type of movie or that type of movie? A very good example. Actually, obviously my karma didn't create the movie, but yet, compulsively, I always go to see violent films, or I always go to see sexy films. So because of that tendency and uh, potential, I experience seeing violent film, right? And the various emotions that, are, that we will experience at that time. Thirdly, we can experience in some of these situations the wish to repeat our previous actions. So that would be that what we were talking about initially. I feel like yelling at you. I feel like hugging you. What do you, what, what do you feel like doing? What would you like to do? This is what comes from, is part of a karmic writing. It's what do you feel like doing? What do you like to do? Karma doesn't ripen from karma. First, you know, what is ripening is the wish to do something. Then comes the compulsiveness, the karma aspect, to act out that wish. First comes the wish. That's what ripens. What would you like to do? I would like to yell. So that comes from the tendency and the potential. Then, fourthly, we experience in some other situations things happening to us similar to what we did to others. So we experience from yelling from that tendency and habit to yell, we uh, experience other people yelling at us. If we cheat others, we experience others cheating us. If we are <laughs> unfaithful to our partners, then we find that our partners will be unfaithful to us. So this is not always so easy to understand, but very interesting to uh, analyze within ourselves. In ourselves, like for instance, uh, divisive language, saying nasty things about others to cause them to separate from their friends. So, this aspect is that we experience our friends leaving us. Our friendships don't last. Our partnerships and so on don't last. People leave us. We caused others to to part and we experience that our own relations don't last. So that you can understand on a karmic level. You can also understand it on a psychological level. If, for example, I'm always saying nasty things about others to you. Now, when I am always saying nasty things about other people to you, my friend, right? especially when I'm saying nasty things about your friends to you, what does my friend think? People think, what does he say about me behind my back? So naturally, we would experience that friendship ending. 
So if we think more deeply about these uh, karmic-causal relationships, they start to make sense. So that we experience, experience things happening to us similar to what we did. We're talking about what I experienced. We're not talking about the other person doing that. That's for their own reasons why they did it. And then we also, another possibility is we experience things, we experience along with others being in certain types of environment or society or the environment and the way it treats us. Like being born in or living in a place which is very polluted or in a place where there's very little pollution. We experience living in a society where there's a great deal of corruption and cheating or we live in a society where people are very honest. So this is something that we experience together with others. Or the quality of things. You're in a society in which the quality of things is very poor. The food has no nutritional value. Everything that's uh, made breaks very easily. These type of things. Or in a place where everything is excellent quality. So these are all things that we experience. Experience feeling happy, feeling unhappy. You know, we experience seeing things, things happening to us. And all of that together will be circumstances in which also we feel like repeating our previous patterns of behavior. And if we act out that wish, there's a compulsiveness. In fact, often it feels as though we have no decision. We don't even consider that you could make a decision and just, I feel like yelling at you, and then just compulsively I yell. So I repeat the pattern. We feel like yelling, and although we could make the decision not to act out that feeling, we things happen so quickly that just compulsively we yell. We repeat the pattern and strengthen the potential to yell yet again and again. Right? Because that tendency is there. is there. Now, there's a certain compulsiveness about how we speak, and a certain compulsiveness just about uh, the way that we are. That is how karma works. Moment to digest that.